0: Today, on the Bill Kelly Show, on 900 CHML. Earlier this week, we were talking about the possibility of the uh, removal of the steel and aluminum tariffs that uh, Donald Trump had opposed last June. Uh, and to that end, Christia Freeland was in Washington yesterday talking with Robert Lighthizer and, and others, uh, including uh, Stephen Mnuchin, uh, who is the uh, Treasury Secretary for the United States. And uh, she left, she's gone to Havana to talk about the Argentinian situation uh, with that government. But uh, no deal, we're told. But the U.S. representatives seem to have changed their tune. Jardin gets to talk about this as Kenan Loomis, the president and CEO of the Hamilton Chamber of Commerce. Good to see you again. Thanks for coming in. Good morning, Bill. You know, uh, four or five days ago when we had this discussion, I thought, you know, there's not a hope in, you know what of this thing happening. Because nobody down in Washington's even
1: talking about this. All of a sudden they are. Yeah, even though the last 24 hours have been uh, sort of an up and down affair, um, you know, it, it's at least positive to know that something's happening. Like, so, you know, within the last few days, there's been a lot more movement on this file than there has been within the last few months. Well, Nancy Pelosi met yesterday to talk about NAFTA, uh, the, t- the free
0: trade deal, and about ratification. Uh, and we thought that wasn't even going to be on their agenda, at least until after, you know, the election. We got they oh, we're going to stall. We're not going to allow them to. It still might not happen. We don't know that. But they weren't even talking about it a week ago.
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of positive developments coming out of Capitol Hill over the last week, uh, not only, you know, on the Democratic side and, and Congress, but uh, on the Senate side as well with uh, Senator Chuck Grassley of uh, Nebraska. He's, you know, a Republican stalwart, and uh, he is uh, telling Trump that uh, the USMCA is not going to be ratified by Congress. Congress, unless the tariffs are removed, so you know maybe maybe that uh, is what is going to finally get through to him. Well, because now it's on their radar, and and uh, I know I know that you know we always said, well, look
0: at you know he's got to listen to to the people that are going on there. The the thing that that I'm seeing, and when I'm noticing when I re- see Bloomberg and watch uh, uh, CNBC and some of these other places. Uh, the U.S. economy seems to be toting along just beautifully right now, but a lot of folks down at ground level are not really feeling the effects of this. And some of these areas where Canada has imposed these counter tariffs are really starting to feel the heat and have for quite some time right now. And those representatives are starting to speak up.
1: Yeah, the the indicators, the key indicators uh, for the economy are are doing pretty well, I guess. But uh, you know, the I think the message that's getting through is that the tariffs are actually a drag on the the economy, it could be doing a whole hell of a lot better. And, uh, you know, we saw in the Washington Post uh, just a couple days ago that uh, it's estimated that the steel tariffs are costing U.S. consumers $900,000 for every job that uh, Donald Trump is touting uh, having created as a result of these tariffs. Well, because, and again, I'm not so sure. I don't want to spend
0: all this time talking about Trump, but I don't know if the guy actually had an understanding of what these are. Tariff is a tax. Yeah. That's really what it is it 's a euphemism for a tax yeah. and it's a tax on his own people
1: well this isn 't the only thing that he seems to be confused uh, about, no, so it's it, probably a long list. <laughs> it, yeah. it is a a long pattern, and so you know and it it shouldn't surprise us anymore because as, as we've talked about here we, we you know we've had
0: business professors, but you know' it's economists on here uh it's Canada does not pay the, the tariff i don 't know if he actually had that explained to him. It's the importers, the people that bring the steel in, that have to pay it, and those are Americans. Yeah, well, and he, then they pass that on with higher cost to American consumers.
1: Yeah, I know. It, it, he should get it if he is the business uh, man he purports to be, but uh, you know, the 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 impulse actually, you know, behind the imposition of these tariffs. We actually agreed with, you know, a a couple of years ago, actually more than that. um, Before Trump even came into office, we as a chamber have been advocating through our Ontario chamber and and, uh, federal chamber networks to to get Canada to understand how much of a threat the Chinese steel industry is to Canada and and to the steel industry uh, all across the world. It is a non-market economy. these are this is unfairly traded steel in that it ha- bears no relation to the supply and demand, the global supply and demand for steel. They just keep pumping it out. It doesn't matter how much uh, steel is actually needed out there, and so obviously that depresses prices. Uh, many of them are state-owned companies, uh, and of course they don't abide by the same labor and, and environmental laws that, that we do. So we've been saying to the federal government for years that we need to be careful. We need to be uh, more vigilant uh, as to what comes into uh, the the country, and as well, you know, one of the things that we know is that uh, you know the U.S. is, is uh, continues to be worried about Chinese steel. Again, for for some reason, Canadian steel and Mexican steel has been hit with tariffs. But we know that they're worried about it coming through Canada into the US. And there are things that we can do to to mollify mm-hmm. them and make them feel more comfortable. And it seems like that's going to be what ultimately gets the, the job done in, in uh, getting these tariffs lifted and in, um, in ratifying the USMCA is we have to commit to a monitoring system that will prevent the dumping of steel f- prevent Canada from being uh, a thoroughfare for the for the dumping of steel, and it's not just China either. Where there's a lot of issues with uh, Turkish steel and and steel also made in in, in other countries. So at it, it least that. Uh, issue and that problem has been illuminated and it's going to have to be fixed. We're going to have to address that. I know that industry and the government are addressing it, but we're going to have to step up our efforts because that's what the Americans are going to need to feel comfortable going forward. But uh, I know part of the discussion
0: uh, with Christy Freeland and, and actually Bill Morneau has been down there. I mean, they, everybody's taken a shot at it. Apparently, the, the prime minister and the president had a couple of phone calls last week, too. Uh, I think part of the message is, look, we're on the same side here. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're being victimized by the Chinese steel and by steel dumping as well. And we're not the bad guy here. Uh, Let's work together on this. And and I'm I'm hoping the U.S. is finally starting to see that. That, wait a second here, we've we've aimed our our guns at the wrong guys here.
1: Yeah, I, I have no idea who it is that has been providing this advice to Donald Trump over the last number of years. Well, the speculation is it's Wilbur Ross. Well, yeah, so... so he's a, big, it, he's a big believer in tariffs. Yes. He may be the only one. But and a, a former steel executive. Yeah. Um, and we know that outside of Wilbur Ross as well that, you know, it, it appears to be that U.S. steel has outsized influences as, as to what's happening. And they are pretty much the only company in the United States that are actually advocating for the tariffs. The, the other steel uh, producers in the U.S., they had no problems with us. We ha- actually had a very integrated uh, continental steel making industry that had. They had no issues with Canadian steel, no issues with uh, with Mexican steel. It was all about China, and yet uh, you know these these tariffs were imposed. And and so you can't help but think that it's got to be the result of some grudge. Uh, in you know, uh, something that's happened in the past, Wilbur Ross, again, being an industry veteran, Robert Lighthizer being a, an industry veteran as well. But obviously, obviously, we know the history of U.S. steel in Canada, and you can't help but think that uh, that's a little bit uh, part of this as well. But isn't that
0: 19th century thinking? It is. I mean, because just about everybody in the world at one time used tariffs. As I thought, oh, this is this is protectionism. We can do and And it doesn't work. No. Every time anybody's imposed tariffs, they don't work.
1: No. And, and not only that, so that has, we've come to that realization and understanding. But then we've also gone further in creating, uh, you know, a trading zone like NAFTA. and And that addresses not just tariffs, but a whole host of things. Uh, such that over the last 25 years or, or however long NAFTA has been in, in place now, it's probably far longer than that. The years have gone by <laughs> quickly. Um, but we've become so integrated uh, through the supply chain. So you, all you have to do is, is look at the automotive, uh, automotive industry. And that's the that's the lighthouse here in terms of understanding how NAFTA has changed things and created these flows across the border and, and allowed firms like, like DeFasco to specialize and in, in supply the North American automobile industry and and thus you know uh there have been other companies in the u.s that have also specialized in in various forms of steel and and that's why the 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 balance of trade between the U S and Canada is is so even is because, you know, that's, that's all kind of like the, 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 the the capital flows and, and all of that have, have evened out over the years and people have gone with what they do best because that's how we've had to compete uh, with Chinese and and other steels. We've constantly innovated. And so NAFTA, you know, really made that happen. And, and now it, it's we don't know what to do, and 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 all of these supply chains are just they're unraveling before our eyes.
0: Well, uh, we're stalled. I mean, that's what it comes down to right now. And and as I say, when I you start watching the the, the stuff out of Washington on Capitol Hill uh, and, and right along the Beltway now, uh, they're starting to talk about the NAFTA deal. Well, they call it USMCA deal. We, I, f- I forget what ours is. Canusa? I forget something rather. Uh, we have that maybe that may be the stumbling block. We have to work on our acronyms. <laughs> I guess so. But but the fact that they're actually talking about this right now, where the Democrats, especially in, in the House, it wasn't even on their radar. Uh, and there's still going to be some resistance to that, because they may not want to sign this deal and give Trump a victory, uh, you know, heading into the election in 2020. Right but i i'm getting the sense that they're getting pressure from their constituents to say you got to do this anyway. Yeah.
1: Uh we need this. The economy is starting to suffer at the grassroots level. Yeah. Well, and and again, this is really the only leverage we have at at this point in time um is that the other part is that Canada cannot ratify a deal if uh if a deal has not been created or, or agreed to by I think it's the end of June or, or whatever that's when um, when the Parliament is uh, is going to break for the summer and they're not going to return until after the election and who knows what's going to happen after that so because it's on the agenda of Congress and, and they want to deal with this and, and the Mexicans want to deal with this and we we'll only have a couple months uh, for Canada to act um, w- this is the time that we have to exert this pressure, and thankfully we have a whole host of, of allies within the U.S. as well. We always have, um, and I think finally they, they're being heard, and I think finally uh, the, the president is backing down. And what we're hearing is that they've reached a deal with the Mexicans, which is great. Uh, the expectation, of course, for us is that we're going to get the same deal and that we're going to be able to go forward. Because that, that June 30th deadline is so very important here, uh, from, from an
0: economic standpoint, to get this deal ratified. Uh, and I, I one of the commentators was saying, well, you know, this, they're working on this. Mnuchin mentioned that again yesterday, uh, that yeah, there's a process. Well, there is no process. Trump arbitrarily imposed these, and he yeah. could just as arbitrarily say, okay, they're off as of noon tomorrow. Uh, there's no active Congress that's needed, nothing at all like that. That was a presidential order. Uh, and by the way there's some question about whether or not that was even legal cuz he's not mm-hmm. supposed to dabble into that sort of thing mm-hmm. but it, he could do that with a snap of a finger and that way that deal's
1: going to get ratified i mean that that's a win win for
0: everybody isn't
1: it yeah it it definitely is because to to be honest the the companies in hamilton the members that we have they can't they can't wait it out much longer they're they're at the end of their rope this has already been a lost year. So tariffs were imposed June first of last year, and we cannot believe that we're still still talking about this. Remember, this was a part a negotiating tactic on the part of the White House to reach a deal on USMCA. Then the expectation is once the deal has been reached, and it was in November that the tariffs would uh, would come off. And so we can't believe that we're still here. And we're getting to the point where the, the companies in Hamilton, they can't hold on any longer. They've done a really good job of, of absorbing the impact so that we haven't seen a huge number of job losses. So we haven't seen an appreciable you know decrease in, in the economic output of of the, uh, of the community. Uh, DeFasco is still making steel and, and still at the same capacity as they were last year. And they're paying a million dollars a day uh, because of these tariffs, but they're absorbing it because it's important to keep going. It's important not to lose your, your workforce. And the understanding was that that these were going to be temporary. And, and now we're getting to the point where some of our companies are laying off people. Uh, third shifts have, have been eliminated at uh, at one in particular. And so, you know, I don't know how much longer we can hold on.
0: Well, I mean, it's it's interesting to juxtapose that with the fact that, for instance, Stelco's had two really good quarters now, and they're in black ink for the first time in God knows how long. Uh, but why, my understanding is that's because of previous orders uh that that happened even before the, the that shows you how slow the industry can move yeah. sometimes well now but we, they they 're not going to get new orders unless these things get these things get lifted prado
1: no so many uh so once those orders were fulfilled, the ones that were in place before the imposition of tariffs uh a lot of those orders have not been renewed. And and those relationships have have not been renewed. And and so a lot of our companies have basically lost all of their business into the U.S. And and so those companies in the U.S. have found other suppliers. And so now those relationships are becoming entrenched. And even when the tariffs are lifted, it's going to be really tough for our companies to just pick up uh, as they were uh, before June 1st of last year. So it it is a very difficult situation.
0: Well, and we've seen this happen in the past. I mean, you know, if if that company goes to somebody else, for instance, a US supplier, and mm-hmm. says, "Okay, we don't need Stelco anymore. We're going to go here." They're not going to drop those guys just because the tariffs are gone. I mean, we've got to win that business back. That's not going to be easy.
1: Yeah, we've we've got to win that business back for for sure. The the other thing I was going to say about Stelco is that they also benefited from the fact that the price of steel spiked after the tariffs were imposed, but has since dropped. Um, and now there's a, a glut in the global market again. And, and the, there's going to be a hangover effect in that um, many of our members uh, expect that once the tariffs actually do come off, that the price of steel is going to drop even further.
0: You're active uh, with, the, with the American chambers as well. I know you talked with them on a pretty consistent basis. Is yeah. there a concern here about this trade deal to try to get this thing done by the beginning of the summertime?
1: Well, they're all feeling it as well, um, and again, they've been allies uh, all along. And and our my colleague at the Buffalo Niagara Partnership, Dottie Gallagher, called me uh, last week. She just reported that uh, the Great Lakes Metro Chambers of Commerce did a fly-in to into Washington, and and they're a coalition of of key uh, U.S. chambers and from you know Detroit, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, and and a few others. Um and they're the ones that have brought the the news uh, into Washington that you know these tariffs are having a huge impact on their economies and and we need to do something about it and and again, as i 've said the u s uh, the u s Chamber of Commerce has all along uh, decried the imposition of of these uh, tariffs and and you know the thing is that so what 's most frustrating is the u s Chamber of Commerce has really been close allies with the Republican Party for the last uh, couple of decades and and that 's not paying off at, at this point in time. And 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 what's most frustrating is they're right across the street from the White House. I, I went to visit right. them last year. You can actually see the White House from, and and there's absolutely nothing they can do. And it's been a, a very frustrating journey for them.
0: But this has become a bipartisan effort now. Totally, and it was political before that. You know, where the, you know Republicans marched in line behind uh, the president and simply said, "Well, he's the you know he's our guy." So you know, if he says tariffs, then it's going to be tariffs. But since they've heard from their business folks and from chambers of commerce. Uh, you're hearing Republicans and Democrats speaking up and say, Okay, enough is enough. It's time to, to drop this.
1: Yeah. And and you know the thing was that so so Trump and his, you know, anti trade, anti globalism sort of message actually align more with, you know, a lot of elements of of the, the left wing and, and Bernie Sanders basically saying the same thing yeah. on trade. So so that's uh, what's been interesting and, and, and you see the middle of, of both parties are are agreeing. So this is actually a, a very bipartisan um, uh, effort effort to uh to relieve the uh the imposition of tariffs on canadian steel so i i think that all the stars are aligning we we are hearing good things but you know we've been through this before we, we ambassador McNaughton said not too uh, a few months ago that he thought that these uh tariffs were going to be lifted fairly soon and and uh i think he uh he has Um, I think he's admitted he's recanted he he has egg on his face and he admitted that uh, at one point so we've been through this again but uh, you know again it it is a sliver of hope that they're talking
0: Uh, and and I'm not going to read too much into the fact that Christy Freeland left Washington Uh, she did have another function to go to obviously they're still concerned about this and Canada's trying to play a lead role in what's going on with Argentina right now and that's what that meeting's about Uh, and that's or oh, you need a phone call at this stage not necessarily a handshake.
1: Yeah, well and and I expect that there are a lot of representatives of the Canadian government uh in Washington. Obviously, we have an embassy that uh, has been completely inundated with this issue. They're very capable people there. I know I know a number of them there. Um and I know how amazing they are at uh, cultivating relationships on Capitol Hill and and throughout the Capitol, even even when Uh, There aren't front burner issues like terrace or or softwood lumber. Um, They've always done a great job there. So we are very well represented in D.C. right now.
0: Kenan Loomis from the Hamilton Chamber. Uh, Good to see you again. Let's uh, keep our
1: fingers crossed. Thanks, Bill, for sure. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.